Welcome everyone to the Human Centered Security Podcast. So today I'm joined with Tom Kinoy. Tom is a design leader who loves building technical products for power users. At various points of his career, he's been a designer, he's been an educator, an engineer, a product manager, and a startup founder. Right now, he is leading a design team at a cybersecurity company and advising growth stage startups to help right-size their UX and product design programs. So welcome, Tom. I'm super excited to talk to you. It's always fun having a conversation with you. Thank you so much. It's super exciting to be here. And, uh, and likewise, you're one of my favorite people to talk to. So awesome. Oh, thanks. So... I, you know, did your short intro, but tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get here? So you're leading the design team at a cybersecurity company. How, how'd you get here? Yeah, um, I'm kind of a, a somewhat circuitous path, but not, not as circuitous as, as some other people I know. Um, I come from a design background. I went to, went to school for communications design um, back in the, the 90s. Uh, back then, you couldn't you couldn't come out of a design program and cross the street without tripping over a web design job. So I, um, <laughs> you know, I uh, spent some time uh, in a, a print and web shop. Uh, learned you know learned a lot about web design. Learned programming. Um, you know, started with starting with HTML and then getting into JavaScript and then you know PHP and some some SQL. Um, and uh, yeah, did that uh, for for a little while. Uh, started my own shop. Um, Radius Design back in the back in the day, um, ran that for for a bit, uh, and then morphed that into uh, a second shop that I uh, I started with uh, my wife uh, called Medium Rare Interactive. Uh, we she was a motion graphics designer, um, and uh, I did print and web, uh, and so we had this like kind of full service boutique set up. Um, uh, that you know the the web aspect of that uh, stuck better than either the, the print or motion graphics, um, so we we kind of uh, let the other bits fall off of that, and uh, I focused on mostly web design. So it became a you know web design agency uh, back when when that was a uh, a thing that uh, didn't feel painful to to say anymore. Um, and uh, gradually, I looked at looked at product design. I looked at what Thirty Seven Signals was doing with with Basecamp, um, and thought, "Wow, that's you know that actually sounds really good." Because all the all the projects we did were kind of you know one and done. We might have long long standing relationships with a uh, with a client, but um, the the project uh, projects rarely had enough um, budget to to do and like iterate on and feel really good. Like I was I was making. Uh, making a significant difference uh, over time, and that, so that got me interested in in digital product design. Um, uh, I founded a startup. Uh, you know, we, we identified a product or a, a problem that uh, that was kind of near to our heart, which was uh, password management and and uh, how all of our kind of small to mid sized clients had really difficult time with with password management um, and uh, how to keep uh, keep their passwords straight. Keep you know. We would get we would get engaged on a uh, on a job and we say okay well we need your your FTP information and your uh, you know your your CMS login and all that stuff and he'd say oh uh, that's that we can get that for you but we're gonna have to talk to our old web developer who we just fired and have a really terrible relationship with um, and so this was this was an, a, a problem I would say with like seventy percent of the customers that we that we started working with so I was like oh maybe we should maybe we should try to solve this problem and. Turns out password management is a, is a, a security nightmare, um, in case you didn't know. 
Um, so you and, had uh, one password before one password exists. Existed. Well, no, one pass one password existed. It just sucked. Um, oh, sorry sorry okay. for any one password lovers. Um, <laughs> yeah, all of the all of the existing password management tools were built for um, one person managing their software or I managing their, their own passwords. Right. Right. The right. the idea of the enterprise, um, they, they like LastPass had an enterprise product, and everybody who used it. It was like, I'm not an IT person. I can't understand this. I just need to be able to say what's the, what's my password for this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I looked at, you know, how can how can we solve this problem? Did, did a bunch of user research, did a bunch of prototyping, uh, went through a bunch of iterations on the, the product, got it to uh, a beta state, um, rolled out the beta. Um, and uh, yeah, then lots of lots of different reasons. Uh, the the um, kind of writing was on the wall at that point for, uh, things moving towards passwordless and and uh, other other types of identity management. So there was this short window that I had, um, and uh, long and short of it is that I missed I missed the window. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was tough to run a design agency and a startup uh, at the yeah. same time, and there just wasn't enough uh, wasn't enough time in the week. You probably learned a lot when you were building this startup about security, about the security user experience. Now you are designing for a specialized group of users. And what I mean by that is um, you aren't designing something like for Amazon or for Facebook that might be for like a broad consumer audience. Like this is a really specialized group. Can you describe who those folks are and what they're trying to do using your product? Yeah. So, um, they're they're very specialized power users, and I um, you know, kind of uh, you know um, empathize with that as a like a power user of of design software and looking at like you know how uh, how uh, efficiency for repetitive tasks really makes a huge difference in terms of my my experience working with a you know an application um, you know back in the day it was Photoshop or InDesign or Quark or whatever um, you know now it's it's Figma Quark. Um, <laughs> so yeah long. I'm, I'm that old. <laughs> Um, I I used it too. <laughs> oh, you're that old too. Right? <laughs> I know um, too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the the users of uh, of the product that I'm working on right now are uh, cybersecurity analysts primarily. That's the the main persona. Uh, also, kind of IT administrators and um, uh, DevOps people who are who are setting up uh, security in. Uh, complex cloud environments. Um, they're people with with deep technical knowledge, and and uh, you know, um, a lot of the the design principles that were were taught in design school are around uh, simplify, simplify, simplify. Make it you know, make it so any idiot can understand. The idea of uh, simplify, simplify, simplify is important, but it's it's important in the context of you can't you can't just like you know polish off the nuance of the important pieces of a of a process um, in the name of simplicity um, when your when your user base is expecting the the expecting that complexity and needs that complexity to be able to say um, yes I can I can set this up for my very unique complex environment um, so the the need for uh, simplicity is is often outweighed by the need for um, uh, really robust processes and configurability. Um, yeah, and and then there's also you know managers and CISOs uh, who are who are uh, kind of looking at the reports, uh, kind of looking at higher level stuff, um, and they need to be able to 
uh, answer questions uh, to the people that are above them in the food chain. So a, a manager needs to you know, answer to a CISO, a CISO needs to answer to the board. And what they're presenting is high level stuff, but they also need to be able to access the information that's underneath the high level stuff. And they need to be able to present a, you know, a one, one screen graph uh, and uh, and say this is why this import this graph is important. This spike in this graph means this thing. And when the you know when the the you know person above says okay, well, how what are we doing about that? They need they need to understand the underlying story. So there's there's levels of complexity and levels of abstraction um, that are that are kind of baked into that uh, that reporting process. Uh, that's kind of that, that's one of the areas that I'm uh, that I'm focused on right now. Yeah, you like really have to understand what the intent is, like what the user is trying to do. So how do you go about figuring that out? Um, a lot of it, uh, we're, we're lucky enough to have uh, really, really high level internal uh, subject matter experts, SMEs, SMEs. Um, and uh, that's, that's made the job a lot easier than if I had had to go out and uh, recruit external users to to understand what it is we're trying to do, um, and also um, one of the challenges with that is that there's uh, because these these uh, internal SMEs are uh, are so high level, there's a gap between uh, kind of the new user experience and uh, and their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that creates some challenges, but the 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 most important part uh, has been. Digging in with with SMEs, uh, digging in, understanding, um, you know, not to the level that they do. Like I'm not a cybersecurity analyst, um, but I've spent enough time looking at that workflow, understanding, um, asking, you know, what are you know for for a cybersecurity expert, dumb questions, but for a designer, are essential questions, uh, and just you know, being humble and knowing that I don't have the answers uh, and can approach this as a um, as a uh, you know kind of give me the explain it like I'm five and not feel embarrassed about that because I'm not a, uh, I'm not coming in as a purported cybersecurity expert. I'm coming in as a person who wants to make their lives better by designing them better software. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a lot, it's a lot of leaning on, uh, leaning on people who are way smarter than me or at least way more educated in that space. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like uh, leaning into asking why, you know, and and asking why again, and really, like, really deeply understanding what people are trying to get out of the product and what information they need and when, and, you know, what's the right level of uh, complexity is, are there any other ways that your design process has changed since you started working in this industry with these types of users? Yeah. Um, I mean, my my design process used to be, you know, very focused on uh, kind of the the, the essentials of um, you know layout and white space and you know cognitive load and um, you know kind of breaking things up into into um, smaller smaller more digestible steps for uh, for users, um, you know, cutting out anything that wasn't wasn't essential um, and recognizing, you know, yeah, we're gonna there will be edge cases, but we're you know we're designing for like you know eighty percent of the market or ninety percent of the market or whatever. And we're not designing for those edge cases. Um, and for this product, um, everything is an edge case. Everything is an exception. We're looking for the needle in the haystack, and so uh, it, it's a it's a mindset shift of um, uh, making sure that the tools 
can accommodate uh, the ability to, uh, to to dig into those nuances and dig into those um, uh, those corner cases and and don't get you know kind of rounded off. The the worst thing that you can do is make something invisible. Worst thing you can do in cybersecurity is uh, create a, a a blind spot that can then later be exploited. Um, so uh, there's there's this fine balance that we have to walk between. Um, uh, exposing all the information as a as a bleh, you know big mm -hmm. big dump of information in a in a you know ten thousand line data table um, and and forcing the user to to sort through that um, and uh, making something invisible that's actually critical um, and and digging in and really understanding um, the the different perspectives on what is uh, what is critical um, what is what is the most important what is the uh, the information that needs to be brought to the top. Um, it's a it's a much uh, more um, kind of involved process than than the um, than other things that I've I've worked on in the past. Um, so my my process has changed a lot in terms of um, uh, being very conscious of those corner cases, being very conscious of configurability, uh, being very conscious of of uh, making sure all of the data can be accessed, even if we're um, even if we're not surfacing uh, all of it all at the same time, um, but but giving 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 the users the power tools to uh, to dig into um, the dig into the the data that they need to uh, to explore to be able to answer these complex questions in cybersecurity. The the uh, the amount of data is is staggering. Like I had heard about big yeah. data, um, you know, but I had never worked on a product that. Um, that processed billions of events per hour. Um, right. And so like every everything that happens on your computer is an event. Every mouse click, every uh, you, you know, URL you've clicked, every um, uh, you know, every process that fires every time you know, uh, an application starts up, every, every time it, it does something in it. Um, not all of those events are, are tracked and sent to, um, to a log manager, but but uh, many of them are, and any of the significant ones are, and just you know, an everyday interaction with a computer program can can uh, generate thousands of events that all get logged and then sent to uh, a security um, you know processing platform like the the one that I work on um, to to uh, be looked at to see if they're suspicious, um, you know. Opening up Word, probably not that suspicious. Opening up Word and uh, changing what user you're using, uh, you know, uh, in, in that application, that, that might be a little bit weird. Uh, opening up Word and uh, uh, changing what user you're using and uh, running a, a script out of Word, um, that's that's a bit more suspicious. And then you know, running a running a uh, a script out of Word um, and trying to increase your uh, your uh, security privileges uh, within a, a system, well, that's really suspicious. So how do we how do we find the suspicious thing and then chain that backwards, uh, or facilitate the analyst changing chaining that backwards through the the steps that um, a, a threat actor may have taken? Um, you know, that's just one of you know a million different ways that that somebody could could do something. But how do we facilitate that uh, those connections between all those uh, different of, uh, events, most of which look like benign events, um, and uh, don't raise alarms in and of themselves? Um, but are connected to things that that later on raise alarms. Um, and how do we make sure that that happens fast enough that uh, that somebody can do something about it before a system is compromised? And the opposite, right? That an alarm is 
alarm goes off, but it's actually not, you know, it's not a threat actor. It's not, yeah. it's not yeah, something totally. that needs to be investigated. They need to be able to piece that together and say, no, this is benign. It's not, exactly. not this is, this is actually, you know, this is actually Bob Smith and, and he's doing, uh, you know, he's doing exactly the kind of thing that he's supposed to be doing in, right. uh, in this environment. And, and this is normal for him. And we've, we've right. seen this actually happen, you know, five times in the last week. And every time we raised an alarm and, and uh, every time they said, no, this is Bob, he's cool. Um, <laughs> how do we, how do we squelch that so that, so yeah. that every, you know, every three days, Bob's not getting uh, a talking to by his CISA, <laughs> right? Like that's, you know, or how do we squelch that so that our analysts aren't spending time on this when they should be spending time on, um, you know, real, real threats, right? So how, you know, it's, it's all of that, uh, all of that stuff. And a lot of that stuff happens under the hood, um, you know, machine learning before, before AI was cool. Um, this, you know, this company was doing machine learning and, and AI around uh, understanding the difference between, uh, you know, real, real events and, and uh, false positive events. Mm -hmm. I know that throughout your time um, working with this organization that you have you know, mentored new designers coming in and, and worked with them. Um, they might be experienced designers, but they're, they're new as, as designing for security software. How do you get them up to speed? How do you make them more productive more quickly? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting problem. Uh, um, you know, most organizations you, you go into and you're like, all right, well, here's the, here's the specs, design this, you know, design this thing. Um, that doesn't really work here because, um, you know, unless there happens to be a really, really simple, uh, simple project, you know, just sitting there waiting, um, you need a ton of context to really, uh, really understand what it is you're, you're trying to accomplish. Um, and the processes, like I was saying before, you know, we're talking about uh, processes for, security analysts, we're talking about processes for IT administrators. And um, if you uh, if you don't understand what that process is, you can't really design for it. And so you need to uh, you need to kind of like, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Don't don't just like, you know, immediately start go to go to Figma and start designing screens. You need to actually get the the context uh, that's that's behind all this stuff. And so the first thing I tell anybody who's who's coming in the door is like, look, it usually takes people a month before they're before they have even the most basic knowledge to do the most basic project. Mm -hmm. And it's usually going to be about six months before you're going to be doing anything that's that's like really fully. Uh, fully competent, and that's normal. That's okay. Um, don't expect to, um, you know, come out of the gate swinging and and hit a home run. Uh, you're you're in an entirely new ball game here, um, and the the context is probably unless you've worked in cybersecurity before, the context is not anything that you're even vaguely familiar with. Um, the closest thing that you might um, you know you might uh, have experienced is is other power user tools. In which case, maybe you have the context of uh, of, uh, I need to learn a lot about what this tool actually does before I try to try to design for it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, um, the, the start of it is just to like slow your roll a little bit. Don't, don't try to, don't try to solve everything. Don't walk in the door and be like, oh, this screen looks like a mess. I'm going to, I'm going to clean it up. Um, and, you know, push all this stuff that, that, uh, I think is, is irrelevant off the, you know, off below the fold, you're going to get a cybersecurity analyst 
screaming at you saying, where did my information go? I need all this. I need it densely packed. I know how to scan this. I can, I can look at this. Um, and I know the three spots on the screen that I, that I need to look at first. And, uh, and I know from, you know, what, whatever I see there, the other, you know, 16 permutations of what I, you know, what I need to do. Why did you move half foot off the screen? Um, so yeah, that's a, you know, that's a, another piece of it is helping people understand that the way you have been taught how people process data isn't necessarily like you, you might not understand it as well as you think you do before you start to look at how an expert uses, uh, uses like, you know, mission critical uh, power user software. Um, you know, somebody who has been trained, you know, you can, you can watch their eyes dart around the screen and like, they know that screen, they know exactly where to look. They know exactly, you know, where the, the next thing that they're going to click on is going to be mm. um, because they do it like, 50 times an hour. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that, those, those are the things like, you know, watch a few ride alongs before you try to try to uh, solve a problem. Um, you know, dig into the, the, you know, uh, how to set up a, a, an AWS configuration in 37 easy steps before you try to like streamline that process, you know, actually watch somebody do that and see where the, where the holes in the process are, um, and then again, rely on your, rely on your SMEs. They're, they're there. They, you know, our product support, um, and, uh, product managers and, uh, training people, they know a lot about, um, uh, a lot about what problems the customer is having, um, in much better detail than, than you might just by doing a heuristic evaluation of a screen, right. Or, a, or a workflow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good point. I want to talk a little bit about like cross uh, cross disciplinary collaboration. So like working with product and engineering, how do you foster that collaboration? Make sure everyone's on the same page. Sometimes there are competing priorities. I'm not saying that you have to deal with that. I just know on teams that I've been on, you know, some some folks have different priorities compared to others, and sometimes that can make uh, building products challenging. So just curious of your take on that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look at, um, you know, how we can prioritize uh, and strategize within the, the product. There's one, one feature I rolled out um, where we, uh, we had a couple of different ways we could go. We could go for kind of a bare bones uh, approach to this feature, uh, or we could, could go um, kind of really like high end with it, uh, have some, some, you know, whiz bang UI type stuff. Um, but we were not really certain about how much uptake this, this feature was going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, despite the fact that it wasn't the best user experience, um, uh, I, I worked to make the best experience within the constraints of uh, what, we, what we were willing to commit to. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't the best user experience, but it was pretty good and it was better than it was expected to be. Um, and the, you know, the product manager was like, wow, there's, there's some really cool stuff in here that I didn't expect to launch with. Um, sweet this is this is awesome and uh by uh by getting that stuff in there uh it made it good enough that a uh, a decent number of our users could say this isn't perfect but it's it's good and i want to use it and so mm-hmm. you know um you know 10% of our customers were we probably like 8% uh of our customers were trying this thing out and using it and and saying 
yeah, this, this solves our problem. It could be a lot better and we would use it a lot more if we had, you know, if it were easier to use. Um, and, uh, then there's the, you know, the other percentage that would that say, this is really cool. Could we just pay you to do it for us? Cause if it were a little bit easier, I think I could probably get it. And that provides the justification for, do we build the next iteration of that? Um, mm -hmm. so a lot of it is, is thinking strategically about, uh, about what we're going to design. Um, you know, it's like, you know, design the thing, right. But design the right thing before you design the thing, right. Um, and that's that's really the the strategy around all of it. How do we how do we allocate resources? And I think that's that's one of the the um, benefits that I I'm uh, able to bring to the table of having run a shop and yeah. had to allocate uh, engineering assets to a project and and say, all right, well we're we're not going to do this thing right now. I know I know we want to do this. I know it would be cool if we did did it. But I'm coming at it from the the mindset not only of a designer, but uh, from having been an engineer in the past and having been a, a you know a product owner in the past. Um, I I'm able to hear those uh, hear those discussions in a maybe a different way from other designers. Um, I think there are a lot of designers out there who have just been around a long time and and been through that process that probably have a similar perspective. But um, yeah, I think that's a that's one of the the. Um, differences, I think, between a, a seasoned designer who's, you know, who's been around the block a few times and somebody who's, uh, you know, coming in hot out of design school and it's like, I'm going to save the world with design. Um, probably not. Uh, th there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you can do with design. Saving the world is probably not one of them. And, uh, and you may need to slow your roll a little bit and accept that, that not every product that you ship is going to be the absolute best that it can be. Um, but if you ship it and it's pretty good, you might get a second shot at making it a step better and then a step better and then a step better. Yeah. I really like how you describe, you know, launching something that maybe isn't perfect, but it's getting you the information that you need, like the validation that you need and, and the feedback that you need to continue iterating on it. Um, I think that's really smart and sage advice. And it's like so much of our job is, um, you know, you don't learn it in design school. It's not something that you that you uh, that I learned anyway. Um, but so much of our job is de-risking. It's it's making I sure that it was we're about not spending. kerning. It's always about kerning. No, 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 no. It's always about kerning. Never drop your kerning. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it. You know, are are we building? A th are we devoting too much uh, too much energy to building a th over engineering a thing or over designing yeah. a thing? um uh to to make it um the absolute most perfect that it can be or are we um applying the right amount of risk analysis before we go to engineering the right amount of risk analysis before we uh design the the um the, the ferrari uh can we can we do this with a go-kart um or can we do part of it with a go-kart um and then you know work our way towards a ferrari do we have the validation for that uh um to know that we're spending spending that money wisely i do like go-karts i love go-karts go-karts awesome. are awesome <laughs> and if you if you're going to the go-kart track you definitely want a go-kart and not a ferrari this is true for all of you designing products exactly um, remember don't bring your ferrari to the go -kart <laughs> that's the like key that. takeaway from this podcast <laughs> Uh, the other thing, um, but before I got sidetracked on go-karts, um, is, is you talking about risk. And I think I've always thought that it's so interesting, like the parallels that 
designing products and information security have because I mean, information security is all about risk. Like you can't eliminate all of the security risks. You have to understand what they are and, and what you're willing to do about them. And the same thing with, with designing products, like it's, it's never going to be perfect. And you have to think like what, you know, what's the risk of, of designing something that no one wants and, and won't use, um, or can't use. And, um, I wanted to, uh, close out our conversation and talk about building teams and get your perspective on, you know, as a, a UX leader, um, for other folks who are building UX teams, what advice do you have on how to find the right team, how to build the right team? You know, it could be general, it could be security focused, however you want to take it. Um, for the teams that I'm I'm working on, like in our, our specific space, um, I try to look for people who have uh, experience with complexity. Um, if somebody comes in and shows me, uh, you know, a mobile app that's for, you know, for uh, banking, uh, and it's like the first three screens, it's like the login screen, the, you know, the, the, um, you know, statement, uh, and, and, you know, a statement detail. I'm like, that's, that's not complexity. Um, show me a data table. Login that, screens that needs... can be complex. <laughs> they can be complex. Yes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to gloss over the complexity of the login process, but if somebody, if somebody is going to show me. Uh, how they've uh, how they have worked through the the shortcomings of auth zero and like dug in and and said okay here's the real problem space here's the the actual complexity that I was that yeah. I was dealing with that's a different that's a different right. thing um, yeah. if somebody shows me a, a login screen that's like username and password and and you know next um, I'm like yeah I don't I don't you're not demonstrating the the um, the nuance that I know is under this problem so you're not showing me that you are dealing with complexity mm -hmm. if that if that you know kind of clar disambiguates the, yes, the what i'm talking that's about what with I a, was, with a login yes, yeah. that's what i was talking about yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so yeah show me you know show me you have worked with complexity show me you have deeply understood uh, a problem that not everybody has right. um you know there was there was one guy who worked with us who uh who or, or worked with us or interviewed with us, but he was looking at um, the logistics of uh, trucking and shipping. Mm -hmm. And um, when you think about that off, it's like you load stuff on a truck and you send it off you know, to, to wherever it's going. No, no. <laughs> like it's, it's way more complicated than that. It's like super, yeah. su like super challenging to get the right stuff on the right truck in the right order um, mm -hmm. and send it on its way to, to, you know, end up where it's supposed to be on the right time and uh, at the right time. And, uh, and also track that and be able to say, yes, your package is going to arrive, you know, Wednesday uh, between two and seven. Uh, like that's, that's complicated. And if you can show me that you have dug into that level of complexity, I'm like, all right, you could dig into cybersecurity. Yeah. You could dig into this user has a, a very complex problem and mm -hmm. I need to understand it on a deep level before I can really empathize with what they're, uh, what they're trying to do. When, when you're trying to um, negotiate with product managers and engineers, communication skills are actually really important and being able to mm -hmm. articulate why something is the way it is or why yeah. it should be different from the way it is. Um, that's, that's an important skill that, uh, that can't really be overstated and usually because can't kerning. be part of the job. <laughs> because kerning, damn it. 
I could drive a truck between the, the <laughs> T and the K in that string of characters. And that's not okay. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and obviously, I'm just joking about the kerning part. Uh, yeah, I'm the community. Very the serious community. about kerning. <laughs> I'm very serious about it. It really bothers me. Um, I, uh, I, I, I uh, lament sometimes ever having learned typography because I go, I, know, right? I go to like a movie and like the opening, the opening titles roll and I'm already pissed off because somebody, somebody screwed the kerning in the, in the, uh, in the, the opening titles. Well, on that note, um, make sure. <laughs> Feel free to edit that part out if it's too much, but whatever, no, <laughs> or leave hilarious. it in. Okay, so last question. If folks want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? LinkedIn is the best way. Uh, it's the, okay. the, you know, for, for professional con connections. Uh, Tom Kenoy, K-E-E-N-O-Y, will probably show up in the, uh, in the, um, the about in this thing. So, in the yeah. handy uh, search bar. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Sweet. Tom, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. And um, I really enjoy how you you take you know complex topics like we were talking about cybersecurity. You're talking about the the software that you're designing for and really making it uh, easy to understand. And I really enjoyed your takeaways about you know how you have to adapt your design processes for power users. You know for people who are you know deeply experienced in in these specific domains and you know talking about team building and, and the different skills that you look for. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. I'm very happy to, and thanks for having me on the, the podcast. This has been a lot of fun, as always.